right, welcome everybody to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies may have inspired it, but we're not going to be doing that today. Today is another special episode of Piecing It Together that is actually going to be a repost of an episode of my other podcast, Bird Road. So episode 33 of Bird Road is called What's the Frequency Kerlian? And uh, what we did on this episode was we interviewed Christian Ponce, the creator and director of a web series called, uh, I'm not going to try to speak the Argentinian version, but uh, it's Ghost Radio is the English version of the uh, title. And it's a really cool web series. It's kind of like a mix between John Carpenter and uh, the X-Files and Frank Miller and a lot of other really cool influences in there. And it was a really great interview that we did with them. And uh, the whole episode, we ended up kind of taking a break from our usual talk of politics and just how awful everything is in the world. And we instead talked about movies the whole time. We talked with him about uh, movies and about his show. And then we also talk about uh, the best movies of 2018 so far uh, at the halfway point of the year, which hopefully you read my blog post with my ranking of all the movies of 2018, which you can find on piecingpod.com if you haven't seen it yet. But anyway, I thought this would be a cool thing to do this week uh, since Bird Road was like a pretty much all movies episode. So this way you get to hear me talk about movies in another uh, point of view in another format. So and also you should be listening to Bird Road if you're not. Bird Road is the uh, other show. Well, actually, we have a few shows here on the All Points West Network. We also have uh, Entre Dos and Breaking Through, but uh, Bird Road is the other show that I'm on. So if you're not listening to it, you should be. It's a really fun show, even when we're talking about the most awful things happening in the world right now in the news. Um, but anyway, uh, as usual, I'd like to remind you all to please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on whatever your podcast app of choice is. Also, you can go rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, make sure you're following Piecing Pod on Twitter and Instagram and join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And with that said, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bird Road. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Piecing It Together, probably two new episodes of Piecing It Together. Um, but we'll see how that goes. I, I'm hoping we can make that work. But anyway, enjoy this episode of Bird Road, and we'll be back next week. The cat is still, like, not free to roam the house. Like, you guys are very controlling. Oh, of course we are. Are you kidding me? That's very weird. Like, it's a cat. It's fine. You could put it in a jungle. It would be fine. I forget who her mother is. What does she think is going to happen? Like, that it's, like it's someone should die? She thinks it's going to jump right off the upstairs and die. I mean, <laughs> or, or, or it's going to I got to say, if gonna it does that. Hair, it's going to eat hair ties and, and, and strangle to death. If it does that, that's kind of natural selection. Because <laughs> it's a really stupid cat that would do that. Um, alright, I'm Q. And I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. Should I say something from now on, Dave? Like, your only progressive political and cultural podcast from Purple States. Should I tell people what we are? 
at the are beginning. we the like, only uh we are for sure i checked political parakeet I'm the, I'm the dad here, but that was such a dad joke. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't know if we'll keep any of that in. Good. But... You want to redo the intro? And no, just... it's okay. I'm Q, and I'm Jewish Dave, and this is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. Purple, the stuff. purple parakeet, the purple, yeah. sh- the purple show, the show yeah. about purple things. Purples. This is purple. Hi. Purple nurples. You, hey, you got anything to eat? I'm purple. <laughs> um, rate, review, subscribe. Dave, why don't you tell people what else that they can do? Not, we're not on Facebook. Don't use Facebook. Don't do that. We decided to. You, yeah. you won the argument from last week. I decided to um, keep our Facebook up, but to just not to just disregard it. Yeah. And I don't know what it could, what could become of it. Maybe it'll become like one of these like hate forums where people go and. <laughs> but if it <laughs> like, develops a mind of its own, starts posting it becomes things. Sentient. <laughs> um, I'm not going back on the Facebook page. If you guys go and you decide you want to start liking that page, fuck you. I don't want you. I don't want your likes. <laughs> what the about Twitter? Is- what about Twitter? Should they like? Should they follow us on Twitter? Just come see me. Come see at David underscore Kinyonis on Twitter. I got my 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 time. My my Twitter account is pretty good. What about you? Mine? Yours is just some weird automated like That's friend fav star thing from That's like true. I earned this many friends this week. I don't know how to turn that off. That is something from like six years ago, and it happens once a week. So ignore that. I don't know how to turn it off. I don't know the name of the app. So um. um yeah. yeah, so at by David Rosen. I don't know. Is that even your Twitter name? What is your it Twitter is. name? At by David so, Rosen. What What's happening on um, piecing it together this week, Dave? Because uh, the All Points West Network again, multiple multiple fun podcasts that you can listen to. Um, go in descending order of reverse quality, and th- uh, piecing it together. <laughs> well, the, shit, the shitty show on the show's network is. Uh, Piecing it together, and what, what episode? I think it's say? fair to say that this is the shitty show on the network. <laughs> I think, like you put in a solid five times as many hours of work into this into that show, piecing it together than than versus this show. Um, that's fine. I so, guess it's your it's your vehicle. What's happening this week? We we just did a episode on Sicario. Purge, they have the, the Purge, Purge you know? three. Oh my god, the only worse movie out there than Purge. <laughs> yeah, I I would watch Sicario Day of the Soldado a second time over watching the Purge, but uh, oh god. it was not very good. But uh, we do talk. This about was it. woke Purge. I heard. I heard that this Purge is like woke. Oh no! Uh, I yeah. I don't know. Maybe I can't imagine the purge being woke. Period. I, the purge is just ridiculous. I, I just I want nothing to do with it. You're I crazy though. The concept is awesome. I love the concept. It's terrible. The fucking great. The, okay. the The concept of the purge. If you like the idea of the movies, the purge. There's no reason to not like Suicide Squad. It's the same fucking thing. No, the characters are it, terrible in Suicide Squad. It's the the writing thing, is horrible. Though. It's isn't it badass that these people are badass and and they were they were skull masks and 
and Wait, like it's do you think that that's what the interesting part of the purge is that people are dressed up weird and funny? <laughs> yeah and they kill each other and and oh it's so crazy you know oh, the, thing it's, the thing that's interesting about the purge is the the, the social dynamic of it oh and, fuck the, and, the, that. and the power differential between the people who can insulate themselves from that kind of um that kind of uh annual uh right blah, versus the people who blah, are who blah, are blah. it looks so <laughs> lame so lame Agreed. I've managed to avoid all of them. What is this? The fifth one? It's the third one. Fourth one, maybe, I think. Fourth one? It's the yeah. fourth one, yeah. I've fourth managed one. to avoid them all, and I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> great great way to purge four, the first purge. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, so you can email us. I don't think I've mentioned this much lately. You can email us at birdroad at allpointswest.net. Jewish Dave will be reading all of them and replying promptly. Um <laughs> If anyone out there knows the password, please let me know. Check out Entre Dos podcast. Uh, that's also you know on our on our network. Um, uh, so also this week, I wanted to announce it was technically technically last week that this happened, but we have our first non outside of our own universe podcast, which is um, I, I, I ended up cutting. I think I mentioned this last week, but I ended up cutting for time the portion where I mentioned it. Breaking Through is a podcast by the uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation that we are producing, and uh, it's great. It's uh, a, a really good, interesting sh- interesting show that focuses on people who are part of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation's Tomorrow's Leaders program and um, you know their stories. A lot of it has to do with professional development and you-can-do-it type stuff, and uh, check it out. Good narrative storytelling podcast brought to you by All Points West. We're going to take a little bit of a of a break from the immediate news cycles, which uh, actually kind of slowed down. Did you notice like things kind of slowed down a little bit at the end of the week, right? Yeah, I mean, the big story seems to be uh, Trump's Elton John rant. Um, <laughs> that's like the only thing happening in uh, world politics. Yeah, that and of course, North Korea <laughs> it turned out to be just a complete sham. And oh, we always yeah. knew that that was just going to be straight up bullshit. Um, oh, I wanted to follow up on on something from last week. Uh, I asked like about eight more people at work. None of them have seen their cell phone in their sleep, in, in their dreams. Not <laughs> well, one of them. Actually, that is funny you bring that up. Uh, last night, I had a dream with a cell phone, but it was face down on a table. Mm, it's like it's playing with you now. Yeah, I think I've been thinking about this too much, and it's like starting to fuck with me. Um, yeah, I think that's what's going on. <laughs> uh, all right. So look, the, the news is terrible. So we're going to, we're going to switch it up. You know, we retain our right to do whatever we want on this show. Um, we're going to have an interview with somebody who creates a, a little slice of culture that's a world away from where we live. And, um, we're going to transition to that right now. But after that, we're going to come back and talk about Dave's going to lead us through a discussion of some of the um, best movies of the first half of the year. And um, I'll try to derail him as best as I can. And <laughs> I'm sure you will. Okay, we're giving you all a break from the uh, horror show of national news and and politics and bringing you something a little bit different today. This is our podcast, so we get to use it to talk about whatever we want and the stuff that we're interested in. And and, uh, our next guest is the creator 
of something that we're very interested in. It's the creator and the director of a series of online animated shorts called Frequencia Kelian, um, a very moody sort of uh, animated short series that is very enveloping and very engrossing if you find it over there on YouTube or Vimeo. His name is Christian Pons, and you can find his work on, like I said, Vimeo, YouTube, and online at tangramcine.com. Christian, welcome. Uh, hola. Bueno, muchas gracias por la invitación. So tell us about this fictional town, Kirlian, the world that it exists in. What, what is Kirlian? Kirlian is my own city, the city where I grew up, Carmen de Patagonia, but obviously full of monsters and strange things. So really it's a mix between that city and Erie, Indiana, for example, or other classic cities of cinema and television. Um, I assume that the town has a name uh, that's influenced by a, a, the type of photography, paranormal photography called Kirlian photography. Have you, have you ever heard of that? Eh, sí, claro. <clears throat> La idea yes, of course. Que, the eh, idea was that just Kirlian like Kirlian photography can photograph the soul, this frequency eh, could put the voice of the dead on the air and eh, open the way for other creatures, creatures of the night, paranormal creatures to be heard by mortals. Yeah, and if you ever look at that kind of photography, you'll see it has that that vibe, that aesthetic to it. The uh, the auras, very deep black, purples, grays, silhouettes. I knew of the photography mainly because of the X-Files. In the show's intro, they had this hand in which you can see the characteristic points of Kirlian photography. And a little bit of the idea came from that. I also researched a bit further and looked up the electrician who created the process, and I just liked the name. So where does this kind of folklore come from for you is it an existing world from argentina or is there anything north american that influenced you uh, in in building out this world actually it's a mixture of things in argentina there are many folklores and there are native monsters but more than anything, what I wanted to do is grab the classic monsters of cinema or television and give it a spin. For example, in the first episode, we have a werewolf, we have vampires, which from the beginning appear as more classical characterizations. The vampires in the second episode are kind of like The Lost Boys by Joel Schumacher, but with a twist. I don't base a show so much on the local folklore. More than anything, I look into pop culture, and you can see those references in the series. Yeah, the second episode really does have an incredible twist, and anybody who grew up seeing the movie um, The Lost Boys, as you as you mentioned, will will recognize the direction that it's going, and then it, it really takes a hard left turn on you, and that's in episode two. I really suggest, uh, I, I can't recommend it enough, that's, that's a great episode. Um, Dave, I think you have a question, right? 
Yeah. Um, well, I thought that uh, one of the most distinctive characteristics of the show was um, the soundscapes and the way that you use sound design and music um, to achieve uh, really a, a, a really distinctive world. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about that and how you came to that kind of a style of music and sound. La policía local informa a la población que aún no se ha logrado dar caza al animal salvaje que está sembrando el terror en la ciudad. The sound is incredible. Let me say really quickly for our listeners, listen to this show with headphones on in the dark because that's the best way. That's the best way to watch this show. The sound is incredible. Actually, the idea was always that found footage, be sort of, of sonorous footage, with an animation built atop of it showing what could or could not have happened. Uh, there, there are sounds and things that are heard, and the animation shows you something, but it is not definitive. It's ambiguous. And the idea was also that the sound was broken. It sounded a little bad. My main inspiration for this was the famous audio of Coast to Coast with the supposed employee of Area 51. The idea is that the spectator has to listen very carefully to try to understand what is being said. And that generates a certain level of intimacy with what you're looking at. So this has to do with the treatment of the sound. It is also related to what you asked me uh, about before. It's about the way in which the characters talk and the way they relate to these beings. Es de alguna manera lo que planteaba John Landis en El hombre lobo americano en Londres. John Landis of American Werewolf in London said that comedy arises from the reaction of real people to the paranormal. In this case, the climate that is established in Kirlian arises from the real people of Argentina faced with the paranormal. Uh, and that also has to do with the sound and dubbing because it's a very Argentine way of speaking. Uh, more than what we are accustomed to from American movies or Mexican dubbing, for example. It generates a different relationship with the viewer. Genera una relación distinta con con el espectador. Y finalmente lo que me decían de la música, bueno. And in terms of the music, I already worked with the musician of this series, Marcelo Catalado, in a previous series that was set in the 80s. Ambientada en los 80, habíamos trabajado mucho con sintetizadores. We have worked with a lot of synthesizers, and since the references of the series rely heavily on 80s pop culture, it was logical to continue working in that style and with this type of instrumentation. You 
seem to be following a structure in a lot of the episodes where there's a, a digression. It's narrative at the beginning, and then it goes to full music for the second and the beginning of the third act, and then comes back to narrative. Um, why did you choose that format? Is that is that something that you're going to stick to? Is that on accident, or is that a, a, a choice to have a recurring format like that? The idea was to preserve the ambiguity. There are things that you can listen to directly, conversations and noises that can be attributed to paranormal phenomena, but can also be everyday things. On the other hand, when the announcer leaves the air and you listen to the music, it's like we go completely into the paranormal and things that are heard on the air, you can explore if there is the paranormal. By keeping some things hidden behind the music, we can preserve the ambiguity. And that is why the idea that there are parts of an interview, the story that is told on the air, and then the found footage that's left to the interpretation of the supposed institute that recovers the Kirlian stories. So what is... Walk us through your production process. Like, what is it like to make an episode of uh, of Kelian? Bueno, eh, arranca bueno, obviamente con con el guión. It starts with the script. I work very closely with my co-producer Herman Mengoa, who wrote episode three. El episodio tres after going back and forth with ideas he helped me with the rest of the episodes after the script is written a technical script is put together divided into drawings and animatics and those images that I choose as a director are illustrated by Hernán uh, it's his style that you see in the episodes. We work in parallel. He draws and I do the animation and the direction. The dubbing is done by the voices of the actors and then the music and sound are developed. Without counting the actors, we are four people who do episodes. I already mentioned uh, the music creator, Marcelo Cataldo, uh, Hernán Mengoa, and Hermán Biasotti uh, is the sound designer and is responsible for making everything sound a little older and broken. Uh, it is a process that takes us a long time because we have other jobs. Kirlian is something we enjoy doing. It's a drive that we have. I would not say it's a hobby, but it's something that does not pay us monetarily speaking. Uh, so we have to work early in the morning or late at night, and that's why each episode takes between two and three months. I'm always interested in uh, the influences kind of other stories you've kind of touched on some of them uh during this conversation but uh if you can name like some of the other uh films and kinds of stories that you particularly enjoy eh, bueno eh, definitivamente la dimensión desconocida twilight zone 
Definitely the Twilight Zone, the X-Files, John Carpenter. Those are the most direct references that we pull from when working in Kirlian. Uh, Eerie Indiana, that kind of thing. So we found you because we are fans of um, of this specific show. But tell us about the other work. What it's, what else is uh, Tangram Cinema also up to? What what other what other projects are are in the work that in the works that people should should check out? It has been a decade since we started working together. Mostly, we have worked in web series. We have a series called Un Año Sin Televisión. A Year Without Television, that is subtitled for English-speaking audience. It's a series that is already a little old and has almost 10 years. One of the first productions we made, it's a comedy that we star in. After that, we made several video clips. We have another series called Policompañeros Motorizados, which is kind of a word game. It's a parody of the Bible being used as a deadly weapon, but parody in more than anything, the Mexican dubbing and the idioms of the neutral Latino. It tells the story of two policemen at times when they are not having action scenes, but are just sitting patrolling in the car. We did several episodes of that. We also made a comedy, a feature film that is now released in Argentina for the winter holidays called En Busca del Muñeco Perdido, Writers of the Lost Doll, which is a comedy in the style of Top Secret, sort of like a farce. We also work on video clips and advertising spots that are perhaps less rewarding artistically, but have allowed us to produce other things. So how do you promote these kind of shows? Uh, how do you get them out there and get people to watch them? Bueno, es muy difícil. Well, it is very difficult in the case of Frecuencia Kirlian. We had help on the one hand from io9. Uh, when the first few episodes came out, I contacted them, and Cheryl Eddy, who is one of the editors of the page, always shared the links as they were being released, so that gave us a fairly large English-speaking audience. Uh, so we started sub subtitling the episodes and, well, we put a name in English, Ghost Radio. And that was a joke poking fun at the translations of American films into Spanish. <laughs> we also had the help of the Argentinian YouTube channel, Resumo Así No Más, that has a very faithful audience. They promoted us in their videos a couple of times, and that also helped us reach a larger audience. But in general, we move in Facebook and Instagram and just word of mouth. People who really like Kirlian are running to tell their friends to see it. And although we don't have a big audience, it's very faithful and they are very aware of the times when episodes come out. 
y, y bueno, están muy pendientes de cuándo salen los nuevos episodios y, y todo eso. So we want to finish up with a few, I, I want to finish up with a few questions just about Kirlian and about the actual, the show itself. Um, what parts, there's an episode just for our listeners, so you know there's an episode coming out ne uh, this month in July, um, so be on the lookout for that. But what parts of the town or the city have we not seen yet that you are most interested in exploring? What part, because right now the city is still very much a mystery. And uh, what what are some cool or interesting parts that we're gonna that we're gonna start to learn more about actually for now the city is a bit anonymous so the streets shown could be the streets of any town or city the idea is not to give too much identity to a place so that anyone can identify with Kirlian but in upcoming episodes, a forest in Kirlian will be very important, although in Kirlian there are no forests, but just something strange is going to happen in one of them. Also, a video arcade will open in Kirlian, and that will create some problems. And in the city streets, anonymous as they are, strange things will continue to happen there de la ciudad, anónimas como son, eh, bueno, va, van a seguir pasando cosas extrañas por ahí. Would you, would you ever consider uh, producing a live episode or, or having live events around Kirli and a lot of other, you know, I'm thinking of the podcast Welcome to Night Vale, for instance, they have made a, uh, they've, they've had, they've had huge luck or, or they've had a lot of success um, doing live shows. Would you ever think about doing something like that? Actually, we have a problem in this regard. The actor who plays the narrator now lives in Spain, so a live show would be geographically complicated. We have thought of making a live-action episode, a combination between two aesthetics. We have done live screenings and talks in our city and in Buenos Aires. That helped connect with the audience of the series, but not something like Nightville. We would love to do something like that someday if distance wasn't an issue. Logistics. Logistics are hard to overcome sometimes. <laughs> you don't have to tell us. He's over in Las Vegas and I'm here in Miami, 3,000 miles away. <laughs> so, look, if you are into moody horror, something very brooding, spacey, tonal thrillers, if you're into Lovecraft, if you're into Tim Burton, Twin Peaks, like I said before, Welcome to Night Vale, old school MTV cartoons, Liquid Television, you got to be watching Frecuencia Kirlian. Uh, you can see it on v Vimeo, on YouTube. Um, also, be be sure to check out Tangram at tangramcine.com, tangramcine.com. And uh, when you watch it, like I said before, do it in the dark. Do it in a quiet room with some very good headphones on. Christian, thank you for joining us. Muchas gracias a ustedes por la invitación. Awesome. <laughs> Dave, what's been your what's been, what's been your favorite favorite movie this year so far? And then we'll get into a few more of the uh, ones that you think are, are are worthy of standing out. 
Sure. Let um, me. You know what? Fuck that. Let me do it a different way. Okay. Is this a good year for movies so far, or no? The answer to that would be no. Um, it's not a terrible year for movies, but the last two years, I would say, 2017 and 2016, were two of my favorite years of movies in the last 10, 15 years. Um, so this year, comparatively, not so great. Um, but there have been some really good ones. Um, what was my favorite movie of this year? Okay, there's a movie that was tailor-made for me, and I have to pick it as my favorite movie of the year, and that is Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson movie. Wes Anderson, yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I loved it. Um, it's a stop-motion animated movie about dogs on a uh, secluded island uh, that they've been quarantined to, and then a little boy from, from the mainland Japan comes looking for his dog, and the dogs try to help him, uh, but they don't actually understand each other. Uh, because they don't speak his language, they all speak English, and it's totally Wes Anderson. It's ridiculous. It's really funny. It's probably one of his funniest movies, and uh, it's total Wes Anderson. If you don't like him, it's not going to win you over. But if you do like his movies, it's it's a really really good one. What else has stood out this year? What is this? What is this year? If you had to characterize it is this a blockbuster year is this a superhero year i mean like what is this the year of in terms of movies well okay so my second favorite movie i'm just gonna jump into real didn't quick ask that. first didn't I, ask I, that. I know but i want i want to i want to bring it up the kind of movie year right. that works i want to bring it up first okay it's called first reformed and we did cover it on piecing it together we also covered isle of dogs um but first reformed uh, it's a really heavy movie. It's with Ethan Hawke. It's uh, written and directed by Paul Schrader. Uh, it's kind of a spiritual sequel to Taxi Driver in a way. Um, but this one is about a, a priest um, that is kind of unraveling because of trying to decide whether or not to, to go the way of God or go the way the church wants him to. And the church is one of these mega churches that's you know clearly a business. Um, and it's just phenomenal but aside from that i would say this is a blockbuster year and that's why i wanted to bring that up first because a lot of the other movies that i've loved this year have been marvel movies they've been uh steven spielberg's ready player one uh rampage which was totally ridiculous but so much fun um what else uh the hurricane heist which is like a really great b movie which I had the idea for. I had that. I had you that did. idea. <laughs> I had that idea, and I'm pretty sure I pitched it to you in like 2003. But mine was more of a um, uh, was more of a Ocean's Eleven style, uh-huh. like more subdued and quiet. And it was yeah. more that these guys were doing, you know, uh, clever tricks. It wasn't action. It was more of a, a, a clever sort of thoughtful heist movie. But I still during think, a hurricane, though. But still during a hurricane, right? Uh-huh. That was the backdrop. Um, <laughs> almost almost like Ocean's Eleven meets Snake Eyes for those five people out there that ever saw the movie Snake Eyes. Nice. Uh, so um, I get the feeling, though, this was not this was an action movie, right? And this was also uh, a movie that like there wasn't a lot of elevation there was this wasn't like a in my mind i think of a heist movie as being a movie that has some sort of a twist or they let you in on something later and then you find out that your guys who you're rooting for actually 
had something else brewing the whole time. I mean, this yeah. seems like more of a straightforward. No, no, no. This is this is nonsense. This is nonsense. This movie. Uh, they actually just did it on how did this get made, which made me very happy. Um, but it was so much fun. It's it it's the kind of movie that Nicolas Cage would have made in like the late '90s, early 2000s. You know, if, that'll give you a pretty good idea of what it's like. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's move our, let's move to like a little bit more thoughtful fare though. You mentioned uh, one sort of less lesser known non blockbuster, right, first reformed, first reformed. Um, what else in, in that vein? If if for for adults in the room, what else would they would would be worthy of uh, of if maybe going out and catching it now while it's still in the theater or getting it that first week where it's out on demand? Yeah, I think uh, this one just came out this week on demand. Is you were never really here with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, directed by uh, Lynn Ramsey. And this we actually covered on the same episode as First Reformed because they both fit together so well. They both feel like modern day updates to the taxi driver formula of a a man who is basically falling apart. Um, And this one is just like a just a crazy tour de force walking Phoenix performance you know he's a he's a hitman he's trying to save a little girl from uh prostitution and so you could tell there's like a lot of parallels to uh to taxi driver um but it's just him being joaquin phoenix and it's fantastic and it's incredibly dark and um it's uh it's also a really beautiful movie it looks amazing um, but that's a good one another one uh that's had a lot of buzz which is more of an art movie but of course, uh, A24, because it's horror, they put it out as more of a big movie, but that's Hereditary, um, which is sure. it's a performance piece. It is a it's more of a drama than it is a horror movie, which is why a lot of people go in and end up like, what the fuck is this? Um, kind of like they were about Mother. I wouldn't say this is nearly as good as Mother, but it was still very good. I still. But this really doesn't have the bait and switch of Mother. This is like a I mean, as twisted as it is or as as sort of outside of the box as it is this is still a horror genre movie. This isn't just some, um, you know, existential or this isn't like an experimental movie that just got marketed as a, I would movie, say I think, in some right? ways it is a little bit of a bait and switch because aside from some disturbing stuff that happens, it is pretty much a family drama for the first three quarters of the movie. Um, it only really goes into full blown horror towards the end. So I'm sure you know, for the average person going into the movie theater, it doesn't know much about movies or whatever. They probably are like, what the hell is happening? I thought I was walking into the conjuring and, you know, this is like a depressing drama about a family dealing with grief, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that is that, uh, what, what's another one? Uh, Tully was really good. That is from uh, Diablo Cody who did uh, Juno and, um, young adult. Uh, it's, it stars Charlie's Theron uh, as a woman dealing with postpartum depression, and she gets a uh, a night nanny. And um, I don't want to give too much away about it, but she's excellent in it. And it's probably I would say Diablo Cody's best movie. I think uh, I thought it was better than Juno. But like I said, uh, it seems like Marvel was the big thing this year. The Marvel movies that came out this year were so And you so just good. saw Ant-Man, right? I, I just mean, saw Ant-Man two nights ago, and I loved it. Um, yeah, I actually just squeezed it into number three on my list, even though I had made my list a week ago. Um, 
but uh yeah i loved ant-man i love black panther i loved avengers and you know i'm not a big marvel guy um, no to, the, to this point in this year this had been like the big disconnect in cultural conversations with me and you talking about you know popular entertainment i really honestly being a grown-up comic book guy even though like even though there's lots of problems with these with this whole monolithic marvel universe it's still having been a comic book guy like this is still the stuff that now that my time is at such a fucking premium mm-hmm. it's still the, the 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 stuff that i that i consume i just i don't have time really and it, it's it's i mean it's really really it's 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 really real housewives for me. It's just a guilty pleasure to disconnect my brain. Sure. And like I and it's something that I like and uh that that harkens back to an existing universe from a much simpler and more innocent time <laughs> for me. Um Dave, why don't we do this? Why don't I read you down a few movies and you 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 you, you designate them, see it or skip it and sure. one or two lines about why, okay? okay. Annihilation Annihilation, I'm going to say see it, even though I didn't love it, Um, but it is still, it's a very ballsy movie, it's a very uh, interesting movie, and it's got a lot going for it, even though I didn't love it. Blockers. Blockers was surprisingly fun. Uh, Comedy has really been taking a hit lately, there's not a lot of good comedies, Um, so with that bar set pretty low, uh, Blockers was actually a lot of fun, and Definitely made me laugh a lot. The underrated Ike Barinholtz, one of my favorite comedians, is in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Um, not sure if you saw this one. If you if you didn't see one, just say skip it or whatever. Sure. Well, I'll just cut it up. Chappaquiddick. I wanted to see Chappaquiddick. It didn't. It only opened here for like a week, and I didn't get to see it. Leave no trace. Leave no trace. I really want to see that. Hasn't opened yet, but I think it opens next week. I think it just came out in a limited release last week. Um, but yeah, it's the same director as Winter's Bone and uh, Ben Foster's in it. It looks really good. Oh, I loved Winter's Bone. That was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, love After Love. I haven't heard of this one. I haven't heard of this either. Um, okay. Yeah, no. Uh, Loveless. Loveless, I've heard really good things about. Uh, yeah, the director of Leviathan. Um, but this has not opened here yet. Okay. Now this one, I really am curious about. Don't know if you've seen it, but I had I did see that this is the only movie in history to go all the way through its th- theatrical run with a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Paddington 2. <laughs> so I think we had a conversation about this a while back um when it came out in January. I I have not seen it. I have not seen the first one. I don't remember. I have like a mental block or something. I don't remember Paddington being a character. You don't? No, I have no idea. I don't know what Paddington is. Resonance, the the that was a Nickelodeon show that was, I think, it acquired from the BBC or maybe licensed from the BBC. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Paddington is. And when when these movies came out, all of my like real film nerd critic friends they love it, and I have no frame of reference for this movie. Huh. Well, I'm gonna have to show. I'm gonna show it to my daughter. I'll let you know what I what what, what I think. <laughs> um, so this next one is one that I'm I'm debating watching tonight because it's uh, made by one of my favorite writers, um, Armando Iannucci. Uh, uh, yeah. The Death of Stalin. Yeah, another movie that it only opened here for one week and I didn't get to see it. I was actually when I first started piecing it together, 
um, I had made a list of movies to maybe cover and I wanted to have you on for this movie. Um, yeah. But then I never got to see it because it was only for the one. Well, week. I exposed yeah, you to great. Armando Iannucci because I brought, I, I went to the, to your house one of the times that I visited Vegas and we watched um, in the know or no, yeah. sorry, in the uh, loop. In together. the loop. Yeah. Yeah. The final year. I have not heard of this one. The final year. Oh, I do know what this one is. Never mind. The final year is sort of an examination. You probably haven't seen this. This is a documentary that examines the last year about the Obama administration. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any documentaries. Focusing on some of the, uh, you know, some, some of the, some of the, I guess it, it, it takes a hard look at the, the role that um, foreign uh, foreign relations and, and diplomacy played in the last year. They focus mm. on uh, UN Ambassador Samantha Power. Um, NSA Deputy uh, Ben Rhodes and uh, John Kerry uh, during his last year as Secretary of State. Uh, so I, I guess it's sort of, you know, with the 2020 hindsight, it's looking back and uh, <laughs> and there, there's just a specter of failure, I would imagine, over the the course of that, because we really kind of that, that administration really kind of limped to the finish line, obviously punctuated by losing power in that party the the, the democrats obviously lost the, the white house in 2016 i would assume you know that if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> interested in hearing your take on a movie that i don't think we've talked about a quiet place a quiet place we did on piecing it together and i liked a lot uh i didn't love it but i kind of feel like i was kind of hard on it possibly because of all of the like the crazy raves that it got and everything um because it was really good and it, it was it's an amazing thing that they were able to pull off by making a movie that actually got the audience to just be quiet the whole fucking time <laughs> and uh it, it really worked and i i'm curious though and i actually just got it i was able to get a really good deal on it and i got it i'm interested to watch it at home and see if it's still has the same effect if it's still as good without the whole trick of being in a uh, quiet theater. So the next movie is Upgrade. Upgrade. Which looks I kind of like loved. a cheap version of her or something like that. No, no, no. Upgrade is okay. So what Upgrade is, is actually kind of funny. It is not Venom starring not Tom Hardy. Um, it's what it is. It's, it's the same idea as Venom is that there's this voice inside of his head telling him everything to do. Um, and it's basically a guy that looks just like Tom Hardy, who's going to be playing Venom. Um, and it's just a really great, dirty, like violent, like overly violent sci-fi thriller, um, with a lot of really cool, like for such a low budget, cause it's a pretty low budget movie. Um, it's got a lot of like smart ideas of sci-fi, which I guess you get your her influence there. But um, a lot of great ideas of what sci-fi is going to be like or what the future is going to be like and what um, computers and technology are going to be like pretty soon in the future. It's a, it's a great movie. I'm trying to get an a, episode done on it soon. How about a revenge flick called Revenge? Revenge did not open here, and I've heard it's freaking great. I really okay. want to see it. All right. Um, so, last one, okay. which I think only came out on streaming, uh, the the documentary about Mister Rogers. Won't you be my neighbor? Did you see that? Okay. Now I'm going to start sounding like a psychopath because, um, just just like I don't know who Paddington is, I know who Mister Rogers is. 
I have I don't remember ever watching an episode of Mr. That's Rogers. Crazy. That's I, insane. That's insane. I, I, have, I have like I it looks really good as far as documentaries go, but I just I have no connection to Mr. Rogers whatsoever. That's insane. That you <laughs> I don't I know that's right. I recognize that that one is really strange. That's a really weird one. I could see Paddington was a bit more obscure and also yeah. from across the ocean. Um, I, mean, I must have watched some Mr. Rogers, but I don't remember it at all. I just know him as this character in popular culture. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> um, what are we looking forward to for the rest of the year, Dave? I will say that I personally, I realize that everybody's been kind of making fun of it a lot. I would like to go see Venom. Um, I hope I Venom's good. It could very well be great. It's hard to say, though. Do, do we know through um, – do we know via the various machinations that are happening with the studio acquisitions and stuff like that if it will end up that Venom is part of Marvel or if it will just always be separate from Marvel? I believe it's going to be a, um, a separate thing. Okay. I, unfortunately, I, you know, I don't know. I suppose it's possible that they'll tie it in, but I think at this point, it's definitely going to at least this version is going to be a separate thing. Okay. Um, the other movie I'm looking forward to is uh, a movie, a Nicolas Cage vehicle called Mandy. Yes. What do you know about Mandy, which looks fucking amazing? I know that it's just going to be completely insane. That's all. <laughs> that's all I can really say. Um, yeah, it, it just it looks totally bananas i can't wait <laughs> and then one that we talked one that we talked about recently um on this show actually is the keith stanfield uh movie that's yes. coming out pretty soon um it's already out i think in select yes cities not in miami unfortunately not in vegas either but it, uh sorry to bother you what tell, tell us about that movie yeah, sorry to bother you. It looks great. We're gonna hopefully me and you will do it on uh, piecing it together. And yeah, fucking wait. You think it'll be out in Philly in the twenty third when we? I was there? thinking about that. I'm sure it will be. I mean, if if we have time, maybe we but... could go to go and then like come back to the hotel and just do like a f- like do fresh a quick, out of the yeah, yeah. just crank one out. <laughs> That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks really great. It looks really weird, um, and. Yeah, I don't. I'm just really looking forward to it. <laughs> it should be out in the next week or two. What else is coming out this year? What's the second half movie? This is Oscar time, right? From uh, like September through November is is the Oscar movies, right? The, yeah. Well, we still have a few more uh, like big summer type movies. We've got uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, which looks amazing. Oh, Mission Impossible Superman. Yes, Mission Impossible <laughs> Superman. It looks awesome. I saw the commercial uh, for it. Yeah, what else we got? They got to they got to they got to they got to stop doing that. That guy, they got to stop using that guy at some point. He looks really bad oh, now. Oh, are you kidding me? He's he can do it. He Tom Cruise it. looks like a, his face looks like a potato now. He, he was did, I don't know what they did for him in that American Made movie, but he looks <laughs> like he's dying of a disease. He, he looks your great face, in the trailer. It where your great face trailer. eats your own face. <laughs> it looks great in the trailer. That's all I can tell you. Um, what else have we got? We got uh, we got the Meg, which is a giant shark movie, which should be fun. Um, that looks so stupid. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, we so we got Peppermint, which looks like a lot of fun. That's uh, Jennifer Garner's version of uh, John Wick. 
Um, <laughs> that should be great. We also have The Predator, which has a really bad trailer, but it is written and directed by Shane Black, um, whose last movie was The Nice Guys, which is probably my favorite movie of the last however many years. The Nice years. Guys was incredible. It was the oh, best comedy I've seen. So like, good. Like caper comedy that I've seen in yeah. like ever and forever. So I so don't good. care that it's a bad trailer. Maybe it's just a hard to sell movie. I don't know. I, I can't wait for it no matter what. Um, aside from that, let's see. So yeah, then we start getting into some of the more like awardsy type things. Uh, there's first man, which is uh, about Neil Armstrong with uh, Ryan Gosling. It's the director of uh, whiplash and also La La Land. Uh, and that looks really, really good. Um, serenity with Matthew McConaughey looks like it's going to be like a weird head trip of a movie. Um, oh, the Halloween uh, sequel remake type thing from uh, uh, Jody Hill and uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, wow. Jody Hill's doing a Halloween movie? Yeah, Eastbound and Down. Uh, wow. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? You know. Adam McKay? No, the, the main guy. Oh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride, yeah. Yeah, him and Jody Hill wrote it and directed it. Um, yeah, it looks phenomenal <laughs> it looks like the best horror movie in like forever um what else is coming out uh god so many movies are coming out i just said serenity oh uh, under the silver lake which i'm really looking forward to um and that's with uh that's with andrew garfield and it's written and directed by the guy who did it follows um it looks kind of like a big lebowski kind of movie um uh, like that just like crazy just all over the pa- place uh like you know almost like comedy noir style movie um it looks really good um and there's a bunch more coming out but off the top of my head that's all i could think of okay let me let me pose a question to you um Mm -hmm. with movies because i've become more of a tv guy since i've become a dad and you know i I think that happens a lot of times movies are just kind of hard to to pull off you know oh creed too Creed two, oh god. Yes. Um. I'll, 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 I still haven't seen Creed one. Oh, so. Creed is fucking great. Get me. So okay. I, I brought up Adam McKay a second ago because I was guessing at who you were trying to talk about, and sure. um, uh, you know he's great. You know, and a really great creative force. And I, I've been wondering about. I've been noodling over this question lately, um, <laughs> whether or not you think that movies might be suffering, like the overall body of quality of movies in a given year might be suffering because, and I use, I, I bring up Adam McKay just as an example because like he's not doing movies now. He's got a really successful show mm. going on HBO called Succession that I've seen a couple episodes of and it's pretty good. Actually, it's very good. It's a very good show. Mm. And um, like, do you think there's attrition from the ranks of movie content creators, people like him, to television since television in the last 10 years has become so not just legitimized but like an art form that's on par with movies now whereas movies were clearly the superior art form 10 years ago do you think that maybe movies are suffering from losing talent i mean i think of like i mean a show uh there's this damn i'm trying to think of like that the other hbo show that's oh how about this big little lies right though that's like four or five enormous movie stars who are locked up for the next few years doing that show they're not going to be in movies right those are you know in some cases academy award-winning talent 
that won't be doing movies because they're going to be doing that TV show. And actually, the uh, the creator of Big Little Lies uh, has a new show coming out this weekend starring Amy Adams. So that's another yeah. huge star. Who, a, a star like Amy yeah. Adams, you'd never find her on TV 10 years ago. Sure. Absolutely. Right. No, I, I think it's definitely a good point and something that I, you know, I've talked about before as well. It, it's, yeah, it, I don't know if they're going to spread themselves too thin or if they're just simply going to... Uh, gonna abandon one for the other but yeah it does seem like a lot of the major stars and uh creative forces behind movies are starting to go to tv um i i don't like that you know as a movie guy also it's like you know when i'm home i'm usually doing something whereas when i go to the movie i shut out everything else and i have your undivided attention yeah. And so I it's it's hard to get into a lot of TV shows and TV movies and stuff like that. We just finally caught up on Waco uh, like a week ago, which was great. Um, but that miniseries came out, what, like six months ago or something? And we just finally got to watch it. Um, and while I was watching it, we were partially on our phones and playing with the dogs and yeah. <laughs> getting up there's to not a lot of those. There's yeah. not a lot of those shows anymore that just kind of grab you and sit you down. Um, and, and force you to watch them. My wife and I are watching a show right now called um, Killing Eve, which is on BBC. And that's a show that uh, you feel like if you look away from it for two seconds, like you might as well start the whole episode over again. It's in, it's mm-hmm. enrapturing. And um, that's incredible. But this isn't a, a, a bit about TV. I just was wondering what you thought about, you know, the general. And since you said that at the beginning, you're like, you know, movies. Not a great year for movies. No. I'm not sure if last year was a great year for movies either. Oh, last year was so good. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I loved last year. Like, you know, you know, I saw 96 movies in the theater last year. Obscene. Yeah. Well, I loved, I don't mean just liked, I loved, I think it was like the top 32 or something. I loved. (laughs) Um, And I, you know what? Seriously, I was going back because I keep in a Google Doc, I keep my, my lists from each year. I have years from the last 10 years where I didn't love the top four. You know what I mean? I just liked after that point, you know, to a certain uh, number. Yeah, there I love the top where four. like you get sold as a I mean, you like the consumer at large get sold that there are, you know, A, B, C and D are good movies. And you look back with the the benefit of hindsight and you realize that they weren't really that good. Oh, the sure. year where. Where the movie, the black and white movie about the dog one, like that <laughs> yeah, was a that's, a, that's a weird one. That that's a bizarre movie that like nobody remembers and nobody really liked it. it. Nobody yeah. liked it when it came out. It was a weird movie. Yeah, so weird. I mean, I haven't rewatched. Um, I haven't rewatched Moonlight. Uh, I because I'm mostly because I'm worried that I think it might not hold up because it's been like maybe two years since I watched it, mm-hmm. and um, I think it, it might not be good anymore. Um, <laughs> which would really hurt because that it hits a lot of like, it, it's just a great movie. It hits a lot of like good notes for me, and yeah. uh, and also like they're local guys and they made good, you know. Yeah. And uh, Miami guys, and you don't see a lot of people take nuanced, interesting. Actually, takes I think he's doing a TV show now too, uh, Barry oh, really? Jenkins. Yeah. <sighs> All right, Dave. What do we got for love hate? Why don't you start us off? What do we got for love hate? Um, well, my love for this week um, is actually related to piecing it together. Sorry to keep bringing it up, but um, 
I actually am a part of this two pods a day promotion. Uh, it's hashtag two pods a day. And what they do is um, you have to review two podcasts and all these other podcasts each have to review two podcasts and uh, I all end up on a list and they, they kind of mix it up and then put it out all through the month of July uh, sharing the uh, all the reviews that each other did for each other. And um, so, yeah, but my day was just uh, a couple days ago. Got a lot of great feedback because of it. Got a, my download numbers really uh, went up quite a bit. And so... Yeah, it was awesome. I, I was really happy that they included me in it. Good work. Mm-hmm. I'll be waiting for the check. Uh, <laughs> all right. My love was, you know, we haven't talked any politics or, or news in this episode, which is good. It's good to cleanse the palate a little bit sometimes. But I am glad. Um, not just that the, the, the like, single most um, toxically, overtly corrupt but in like a cartoonish way, member of the of the of the Trump administration finally left. They finally resigned. Uh, Scott Pruitt, EPA administrator. Um, not just that, but the fact that he did it and probably probably didn't have to. I mean, I just don't know. Other than just p- pure shame. And just the the prospect of being called out in public when you're eating at whatever shitty Washington D.C. Uh, eatery that that you go and wolf down whatever fucking off brand garbage they serve in D.C. because it's like one of the worst culinary towns in the country. Um, like other than that, other than public shaming, I don't know really what what you have to fear if you're a member of the Trump team. Like like nothing's going to happen to you. You can just continue to. Do what whatever crazy over the top like nineteen eighties sitcom you know caper you want to pull. Nobody's gonna. There's no accountability. So um, good for him. Um, you know, I'm glad he quit. I'm glad he was too much of a pussy to deal with the uh, with the <laughs> with the with the fallout from all of his uh, overt corruption. I did like though that um, uh, the the crew, which is the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, released a statement, and it, Dateline was Washington. Following the news of scandal-ridden EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt's resignation, I'm reading here from their press release. Uh, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington Executive Director Noah Bookbinder released the following statement: Good. And that was that was the end of the the statement. So yeah, um, an an accurate take. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) How about your hate? What do you hate? What do I hate? Um, Hating on. Well, my hate of the week is we we have a camping trip scheduled for this week, and apparently there is campfire restrictions within six hours of. Uh, Las Vegas in any given direction there can be no campfires anywhere uh, so that sucks I don't know what's going to happen to our trip we might have to cancel the whole thing drive might... seven hours what's seven hours away well we didn't look seven hours away but I mean at a certain point you're kind of driving the whole fucking time so you know that sucks so we'll see what happens I don't know we might we might come up with some alternative plan we gotta figure something out by tomorrow because if we're not going anywhere, we got to cancel our dog boarding. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It sucks. Mother Nature. So Mother Nature's mean. You sent this to me. My hate. 
Um, okay. And it's uh, from the Las Vegas Sun. <laughs> Headline is, need a shopping break? Las Vegas Mall has a place to nap. And uh, <laughs> it's an article by reporter Leslie Ventura. Uh, we've all been there. You're stranded at the mall with a friend or a family member. Your feet are tired and your body hurts. If only you had somewhere to nap at the Fashion Show Mall. Now you do. The mall is one of two locations in the world with napping pods. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Actually, you know what? Don't give a fuck if I'm pronouncing (laughs) it right. (laughs) A futuristic vending machine for people who need a break. Co-founder Alex Salomon originally came up with the idea for Nipin Pods, designed (laughs) and manufactured in Los Angeles to help exhausted travelers recharge. Uh, Mall Pods are located on the first floor near the guest services desk in front of me. I'm not going to give them a fucking commercial sorry you know what they're located on the top floor of the garage how about that that's where they are so if you're in vegas and you're looking for the napping pods go to the top floor of the garage and if you don't see them that take your credit card stand on the ledge and jump off (laughs) can you imagine the audacity of thinking that these people need a nice cool relaxing place to take a nap while they're if you've ever walked through the last through, through the fashion show mall and seen the absolute fucking dregs of humanity <laughs> wearing the most ostentatious, over-the-top fucking... Uh, Vegas is probably... I think it. I think there is a... Um, it's prob- I think that there is a, a metric that is... I don't know what organization or nonprofit comes out with this every year, but it's... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. It's uh, the, the cruelest cities for homeless people, right? Yeah. It's the worst places for them to live. The worst places for them to live. And during my time that I lived in Vegas, and I can't imagine it's gotten any better, Vegas was routinely at the top of that list. It was routinely one of – some of it has to do with obviously the natural – you know, just the, the the topography. It's a desert. Yeah. It's Death Valley. It's the it's well, it's the Vegas Valley, but it's no different, really. Right. And Death it's Valley. It is, hot and it's terribly. There's no nowhere, no shade except for humans weren't meant to live there. there. No, of yeah. course. The, if you ever drive into like past downtown Vegas, there's like an old Mormon fort from the very first settlers who settled in the in the Vegas Valley in the 1800s. And you know, they built that fort in the matter of like a winter. And then when summer came, nobody knows what happened to them. You know why? Because they just melted. They all <laughs> melted into the ground. And then a bunch of other people showed up and were like, oh, what's up with this fort? Why is it sitting here completely abandoned? And what are these little puddles of goo? <laughs> it's obscenely Mormon, hot. Mormon goo. <laughs> Vegas, in its infinite libertarian wisdom, treats homeless people like absolute fucking garbage. And it's one of the worst, most inhumane cities in the planet um and if it weren't for like a few groups of of kind people that that go out and do uh outreach on their own shout out to our buddy mark saint yeah mark saint who's out there with the homeless people t-shirts uh what's the name of his company dave t-shirts by saint saint's Saint's, addiction saint's addiction t-shirts yeah Mm -hmm. and um check him out i know he's got a store i don't remember what part of town it's in uh but it you know, it, it, people like Mark who are out there actually help. If it weren't for like a few people, few groups like that, um, you know, I think also Jason Harris, right? Hasn't he helped out homeless uh-huh. people too? Absolutely, a friend of the friend of the podcast, Jason Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it weren't for like a, a ragtag, loose knit group of people like that, who it, it would be just absolutely 
unbearable and brutal to be homeless in Vegas. And there's no recourse for a lot of these people. And Vegas is a city that it's very, where it's very easy to find yourself in that situation. Um, and you're telling me the fucking tacky garbage, uh, gaudy monstrosity of shiny, filthy shit on the strip, the fucking Las Vegas fashion show mall. One of the like like ground zero for everything that went wrong with capitalism it is it also adding these pay to nap fucking pods. It, it, it's it's just disgusting. It's fucking unconscionable, dude. I just wish I wish that it would burn down. <laughs> God damn. I really hope it doesn't because now I'm saying this and I'm probably going to publish it tomorrow and people will hear. But like and they'll be like, oh, well, this guy probably did it. He probably paid paid somebody to do it from Miami. Um but yeah dude this is ridiculous this is an affront to like humanity i I realize that it's a small thing to get pissed about but it's stupid it's so stupid these are people who like are just they're carrying around enough water in their fucking necks to give like (laughs) to, to 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 feed homeless people for a year like they're, they they have enough like carbohydrates in the fucking goiters hanging off of their asses that they could probably feed people for a year. It's funny too because uh, I I uh, you know I value comfort so much and I am so lazy. But even the idea of this, I'm just like that is just terrible. Like you don't you don't fucking need this. You fucking these people. No, but you know I I love the logic tree that you go down when you're like okay. Hey, uh, you know, the, you you take the the idealistic naive position that somebody like me would have. It's like, hey, well, we have this technology, right? Why don't we make it available? Why don't we drop two hundred napping pods along Maryland Parkway right, and along right. you know Alphabet City, and uh, and you know why don't we do that? Oh well, where's the profit margin? And yeah. It's like okay, because <laughs> for it to be viable, there has to be a profit margin and there has of to be a, a, a business model. Otherwise, there's just no reason to do it. Um, how much can these pieces of shit napping pots possibly cost? But ten grand, fifteen grand. I mean, how much did we? How much do we spend on you know the fucking uh, on a daily basis? How much do we shovel into uh, Northrop Grumman to for for the F thirty five plane that still has never fucking gotten off the ground? That's like $1.8 trillion later, we still haven't been able to do that. And I realize we're talking about different things and apples and oranges and defense budgets versus local municipal budgets. And I know that, man. All I'm doing is making like a meta commentary about our priorities as a as people, just generally. I'm not trying to say that, that somehow we should apportion um, these lavish contracts, like apportion some of these lavish contracts that we – dump on these ridiculous defense contractors into you know helping human beings survive and live um you know heaven forbid all i'm trying to do is make a fucking point well i'm just i'm just glad we were able to somehow get some just really depressing news into this episode where we were that's not even that bad that's just stupid (laughs) that news is just stupid we'll be back to the depressing stuff next week um, I, I think, though, based on the guests that we have lined up, the, the depressing stuff might actually be a little bit more fun than usual. Uh, I think we might be able to have a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of um, little little f- fan fiction uh, for <laughs> for for fans of this show, like people who who envision, the, like I said before, the prior priorities of this country and of this world and of humanity a, a little differently than the way they're being lived out. 
we might have something good for you next week. I don't want to give, I don't want to tip our hands too much, but I think we got um, a pretty, a pretty good episode coming up. All right. Uh, well, very special thank you to our guest. I'm trying to give you something to do. <laughs> God damn it, man. Very special thank you to our guest, uh, Kristen Ponce from 10 Gram Cinema. Ponce, it's actually Ponce. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, with if the if there was a tilde over the e, it would be Ponce. But I thought, I thought you just couldn't get the tilde in there. Uh, I can get the tilde in there, Dave. All right. How about I just tell you guys to just I have an rate and review on my show. name. You think I don't know how to put a tilde over uh over an e? I have an enye in my name. I always assume that people don't know how to do things that I don't know how to do. That's a fair assumption. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to uh, Bird Road. Uh, you can subscribe to us on any podcast Eloquent app out there. Always. Huh? Eloquent as always. Don't forget to subscribe rate to. <laughs> I said subscribe rate and review. What do you want from me? It just didn't sound right. Something came off wrong about it. It sounded like you were just. <laughs> like, what did I do? <laughs> it just sounded like all those words were clutter. <laughs> were clutter in your living room, like dog bones and like shit like that, and you were trying to climb over them. It's like I left one letter out of each word. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I did quite well. Um, also, subscribe, rate, and review to Untrade Dose and piecing it together. You can find those shows anywhere you find Bird Road. And don't breaking forget, through, we'll be at uh, oh, and breaking through as well. And yeah. don't forget, we'll be at the podcast movement in Philadelphia, July twenty third through twenty sixth, and we'll be doing a meetup for political podcasters or just anybody who wants to come meet up with us on July twenty fourth. You can get Chop uh, it up, man. information about that on uh, the podcast movement website or on our Facebook, which Q doesn't want you to go to, but it's don't there. go, don't go there. Um, again, uh, what Dave was trying to sputter his way through, um, mispronouncing the name left and right. Very special thank you to our guest, Christian pa- Christian Ponce from uh, Tangram Cinema, Frequencia, Frequencia Killian, Ghost Radio, as it's called in English. Um, check them out, tangramcine.com. Uh, also, you can check it, check out that show on YouTube or on Vimeo. See you next week. This is Bird Road. Shut up. (laughs) Try to fucking come in with something at the end. Like you've been thinking on on, on shit all week. (laughs) And all points west.